Welcome to Victory Church Winchester, Virginia's weekly podcast. Our desire is that you will find Victory a place to call home. Please take a moment to subscribe and share. Here is this week's message from our Sunday morning worship experience. A couple weeks ago, we began this new collection of teachings uh, that we titled Strength for Every Season. How many of y'all know that we are in full swing and the fall season is here, right? If you're, listen, if you're excited about that, clap, right? We got um, pumpkin spice, we got pumpkin pies, uh, we've got flannels, we've got cooler temperatures. Uh, For me, it's kind of cool because it's called boost weather. Those of you that, um, never mind, I won't go there, that drive cars that have a turbo, um, the cars go a little faster this season. I don't know why I'm telling on myself right now. Moving on. Um, it's just a great season. Uh, fires, uh, fire pits, uh, marshmallows, getting together with family. Um, and you know, since we're in full swing, a fall season, um, every single um, every single three months, uh, we, we go into this continuous cycle of changing seasons, right? And uh, if you don't like the fall season, wait around. The winter season is coming after the winter season, right? Spring and then summer. And every three months, we have this continuous cycle. And uh, just as nature has uh, cycles and seasons, your life has seasons and times and cycles. And that's what this collection of teaching is all about. It's all about us discovering how to find God's strength in whatever season we might be in. So we've been looking at the life of Joseph, uh, a great man of God in the scripture. And I want you to turn in your Bibles to Genesis chapter 39. We found that Joseph, uh, this first season that he experienced in his life was the dream season. He comes on the pages of Scripture as a prolific uh, dreamer. And God had given him this dream, this uh, preview into his purpose. And he saw the sun, the moon, the stars, all the heavenly bodies bowing down and worshiping him. That represented how his brothers and his father and his mother would one day bow before him um, in, 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 in humility and, and service. And from the time of that dream and to its fulfillment, there is a meantime season. There is a determining season. There is a waiting season. Sometimes there is a doubting season. And over the last uh, week, we've been uh, really just digging into the reality of the determining season. I'm going to continue that message from last week and go into this week by uh, talking about the test that we face from our dream, on the journey from our dream to our destiny, okay? Every season has unique characteristics, opportunities, and challenges that are presented in each season of our life. And so this morning, I want to direct your attention uh, to Genesis chapter 39. Genesis chapter 39, we're going to begin reading at verse 1. Follow along with me there. You can follow along in the app notes as well if you have the Victory Church app. I want to encourage you uh, to do so. Verse 1, now Joseph had been taken down to Egypt and and Potiphar, an officer of Pharaoh, captain of the guard, an Egyptian, bought him from the Ishmaelites who had taken him down there. Verse 2, the Lord was with 
Joseph, and he was a successful, the scripture says in some other translations, a prosperous man. And he was in the house of his master, the Egyptian. And his master saw that the Lord was with him and that the Lord made all he did to prosper in his hand. Somebody say the prosperity test. Prosperity test. The prosperity test we talked about last week was the presence of God in our life that brings blessing to us and to others. Verse 4, so Joseph found favor in his sight, talking about Potiphar, and he served him. And he made him an overseer, Potiphar made him an overseer of his house. And all that he had, he put under his authority. Somebody say, the position test. Come on, say the position test. So it was, from the time that he had made him overseer of his house, and all that he had, that the Lord blessed the Egyptian, Egyptian's house for Joseph's sake, and the blessing of the Lord was on all that he had in the house and in the field. Thus he left all that he had in Joseph's hand, and he did not know what he had except for the bread which he ate. Now Joseph was handsome in form and appearance. And it came to pass, after all of these things, that his master's wife cast longing eyes on Joseph and said, Lie with me. But he refused. Somebody say the purity test. The purity test. Look, my master does not know what is with me in the house, and he has committed all that he has into my hand. There is no one greater in this house than I, nor has he kept back anything from me but you, because you are his wife. How then can I do this great wickedness and sin against God? So it was, as she spoke with Joseph day by day, that he did not heed her to lie with her or to be with her. But it happened about this time when Joseph went into his house to do his work, and none of the men were in the house, none of them were inside, that she caught him by his garment saying, lie with me. She's getting aggressive. But he left his garment in her hand and fled and ran outside. In our time together around God's Word today, I want to tag a title to this text. This is part two of a message that I've entitled, The Determining Season. The Determining Season. Pray with me this morning. Father, thank you for the opportunity, the privilege to gather together in this moment with one another, Lord, to come around your Word to hear what you would have to say to our lives. Lord, our hearts are open. We are receptive Lord, to what you would have to say to us, Lord. We don't want to come into this moment, Lord, just to hear the words from a person or to sing a song or to attend a service. But we've come into this moment, into this place today, right now, Lord, to hear from heaven. For we know if we'll hear from you, Lord, that our lives will be different, will be transformed from this moment onward. Father, we ask, Lord, that you would bless both the giver of the word and the receiver of the word today, Lord. Let us honor you and glorify you, Lord, in our response. And let us say amen. Amen. In Jesus' name. Amen. Let me ask you something. When was the last time that you took a test? You know, <laughs> some of the students that are on the front row, I can relate because my, my daughter is 10 years old and she's in fourth grade. 
and she has tests every single Friday. It's like nonstop. Every week, we have to prepare for the test because the test is coming. And it's almost as if we take these tests when we're younger and we get uh, used to taking tests. And seemingly, as we get older, the tests become fewer and fewer and fewer. And maybe you remember growing up taking a lot of tests as a kid and you graduated to middle school and into high school and you took the driving test, which was an important test. And Maybe you took a recertification test. Maybe you took the ACT test or the SAT test. Man, it was a stressful time. But seemingly, as we get a little older and get a little older, we take fewer and fewer tests. And um, we get used to just kind of not having tests, and that's good for a lot of us. We don't like tests, you know, maybe, maybe some of you are good take, uh, test takers, maybe some of you are not, but I can guarantee you that every single person in this place today does not like tests when you are unprepared for a test. Whenever that teacher, you would show up to school and they'd be like, uh, you've got a test today, and you were unaware of the test, or you forgot about the test, you were not ready to take that test, no matter how good of a test taker you were. What did you want to do? You wanted to buy some more time before you took that test. Or you wanted to get a curve on that test, right? And I'm wondering today that if perhaps you are here today, and, and you are seemingly going through life, and you don't realize that the truth and the reality of each one of our lives, every one of us, is that God is testing us even today. God is testing us, and yet many of us are unaware of the test that he's giving even today. And what happens when you are unaware of that test and you have to take that test? What happens when you go about taking that test, right? You fail. You fail that test. I wonder if many of us are failing the test in life today, the test that God is giving us. And we feel like we're stuck. We feel like we're in a habit or we're in a relationship or we're in a dead-end situation or we're not progressing in our relationship with God. Maybe we feel like our ministry is stuck. We don't feel like uh, that we're making progress. But I want to tell you this morning that you have to be aware that God doesn't just test us to fail us. God tests us for our learning. God tests us for our progressing. God tests us for our promoting. And God wants to take us into the next place of his will for our life. He wants to promote us. He wants to take us into the next season that he has for us. But unless we're ready to take that test, perhaps maybe many of us are stuck and failing in the test that God is giving to us. And I have prayed this week, I want you to be ready to pass the test. I want you to be ready to take the test. I want you to be ready to experience God's promotion into the next season of your life. We find throughout the scripture that God is a God who tests. I want to read to you Psalms chapter 105, beginning at verse 17, and maybe the uh, technicians will put it on the screen behind me. It says this, He sent, the Lord sent a man before them, Joseph, 
who was sold as a slave, they hurt his feet with fetters, and they laid him in irons until the time that his word came to pass, the word of the Lord, what? Tested him. The word of the Lord tested him. From the dream to the destiny, there is going to be a determining season. In that determining season, is going, there are going to be some tests along the way. Why? Because God wants to test you so that he can trust you, so that when you get from the dream to the destiny, that you won't blow it all, that you won't fail, so that when he puts you in Pharaoh's palace, that you have the character to be able to faithfully steward what he's given you oversight of. And today, in your determining season, in my determining season, there are three tests that we all must take and journey toward our destination. I talked about the first one last week. It's the prosperity test, right? The Bible says that the Lord was with Joseph and he was a successful or a or a uh, prosperous man. And we have an incomplete perspective about prosperity because our perspective is incomplete. We are uninformed in our perception, right? I gave you the illustration of the prosperity ladder and how we want to jump to prosperity, but the steps along the journey are first us knowing what the Word of God says. If we can know what God's Word says, then we can know how to live accordingly. We can have faith in God. And we know that without faith in God, it's impossible to please God. But yet faith without works or obedience, right? Faith without works is dead faith. So if we say that we believe something, we will live our lives obediently, aware that obedience is what attracts the presence of God. That's the next step. In the prosperity ladder. And when we have the presence of God, God in our life, He is a God who prospers. He is a God who moves us forward. He's a God who helps us along the way, is what that word prosperity means. He's a God who assists us in taking next steps and, and move, moving forward in our faith journey. He doesn't want us to fail. He doesn't want us to get stuck, but He's moving us along. And finally, when we get to that place where we're obediently walking with God, we come into the prosperity of God. We see God blessing us, and we see God's blessing upon us in order that we might bless others. God gave Joseph that dream, but that dream was not for Joseph alone. That dream was bigger than Joseph. That dream was connected to the harvest. That dream was connected to the salvation of souls. God doesn't give you blessings in your life so that you can just receive them, so that you can just enjoy them. No, God blesses you that you might bless others. And this is what we come into in this portion of Scripture here when we look at the life of Joseph. We come into the second test, which is the position test. The position. The position test is the position of a steward. The position of a steward. A steward is this, and if you're following along in your notes, you can write this down. It's the careful and responsible management of something that is entrusted to one's care. This is the test that determines whether God is going to be able to trust us and he gives us stewardship or responsibility or careful management over something that is not ours. So if you are working for a company and you have a boss 
God is looking for you to be a faithful steward of the responsibilities, the tasks, the oversights that he's given to your life. And the position that Joseph took was that of a steward, but first it started as a servant. I want you to listen to this. This is powerful. Verse 4, Joseph found favor in Pharaoh's sight, and listen to this, he served him. And then Joseph made him an overseer of his house. Get this, get this. Your promotion comes as you are faithful in serving someone else's vision. If God can't entrust you with what is someone else's, he can't entrust you with what is his. This is clear in Scripture, Luke chapter 16, verse 10 through 12. You can look it up later. But Jesus himself says, if you're faithful in a little bit, God will trust you in more. If you're dishonest in a little bit, you will be dishonest in much. God was putting Joseph through a determining season, and the decisions that he made in that season to steward what was not his would determine one day if he was able to get to the palace. And you cannot get to your destiny without first stewarding, managing something that is not yours. And I've come with, to share this truth with whatever test that you might be going through today, whatever test that you might be experiencing, this truth is something that should guide every decision that you make. And here is um, the principle, the truth from God's word from this passage. It's this. My destiny is determined by doing what pleases God today. I'm going to say it again. Destiny, the predetermined plan God has for your life, is determined. Determining is, or to be determined, is this word that means the decisive factors that contribute toward a result. My destiny is determined by doing what pleases God today. It's not by knowing what pleases God today simply. It's not just by wanting uh, what pleases God today. It's actually obeying and doing what pleases God today that brings blessing in your life and gets you from your determining season to your destiny season. And this is the position test that Joseph took. The Bible says that uh, um, that, that Potiphar left all that he had in Joseph hand, Joseph's hands. 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 10, a New Testament scripture says, As each one of us has received a gift, use it to serve one another as good stewards of God's varied grace. Let me tell you something. As a steward, you are an owner of nothing, and you are a manager or a steward of everything. Everything that you have is a gift from God himself. Every good and perfect gift comes from God. This is a whole different perspective that we take on, which allows us to be able to steward what is already God's. We talk about our money, our house, our children, our ministry, our church. Ultimately, at the end of the day, every good and perfect gift and thing that we have is not our own. It is God's, and we are stewards, and we will have to stand and give an account one day to the responsible and careful management of what God has entrusted to us. We will have to stand before the Lord, and we'll have to answer, what did you do with everything that I gave you? What happened to all of it? What did you do that was given to, to affecting eternity? through what I entrusted to you. 
So a, a steward receives a gift, they use the gift, and they use it to serve one another. <laughs> Many young people need to have this understanding about uh, God promoting us. See, because oftentimes what we want to do is we want to go straight to the top, don't we? But you can't not go to the top unless you are first tested. You see, because if God doesn't test you, he doesn't know if he can trust you. And if he can't trust you in Potiphar's house, he can't trust you in Pharaoh's palace. And so what do these tests do? These tests reveal to us character deficiencies. These tests reveal to us what we don't yet have, the skills that we don't have yet to provide leadership when we get to where God is taking us. God is so good and his plan is so important that he does not want you to fail in Pharaoh's home. Amen? Because there's a lot on the line. Your destiny is too great for God to allow you to fail, and so he'll take you through testing seasons, and if you pass that test, then you will enter into the next season, the promotion that God has for your life and taking you closer to your destiny. Joseph, he passed the position test because he was faithful in what, in what Potiphar had given him to oversee. The, the last test that I want to talk to you about in the determining season, first we have the prosperity test, then the position test. The last test is the purity test. We read about this already, and, and I want to also read to you 1 Corinthians chapter um, 10, verse 13. Here's what it says. No temptation has overtaken you except such as common to man. But God is faithful, who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you're able, but with the temptation will also make a way of escape so that you may be able to bear it or enduring it, endure it. The purity test means saying yes to God means saying no to sin. Saying yes to God means saying no to sin. This is the purity test. In order to please God, you have to make a decision not to displease God. We find in this passage that uh, Potiphar's wife wanted to seduce Joseph. He was good looking. She looked upon him. She lusted after him. She, she made a pursuit to get him to lie in bed with her and to sin against God. And this is what I love about Joseph. He didn't sugarcoat it. He didn't beat around the bush. He answered her request with this. How then can I do this great wickedness and sin against God? Sinning against God. This was his motivation was saying this. I'm not just not sinning. I'm just not doing this because I fear consequences. Oftentimes we say, hey, if you do this, then you'll lead, lead you down to that road, and that's all good, and that's all well and true. But as Christians, we don't just go down this path of sexual immorality, or we don't just go down this path of cheating and stealing and lying and mistreating others because we fear consequences. We don't go down that path because we love God. The motivation of our life is that this does not please God. Our destiny is determined by doing what pleases God today 
And passing the purity test is determined by you making a decision that I am going to please God. And we live in a sexualized society. Everywhere you go to, everywhere you turn, no matter what, uh, what electronic device you have, there is no way for you to, to, to completely remove yourself out of the society that we live in that is constantly bombarding us with temptation. But can I tell you something? Joseph lived with temptation day after day after day, and God made a way of escape because he desired to please God with his decisions. God can do the same thing for you today. God can deliver you. God can set you free. God can set you on a course to your destiny. God can cause you and help you to live a pure life. Amen. And the society tells us that our private behavior has no impact on our public character, but we know that to be false. And we know that it does matter what God says. It matters what God says. It doesn't matter what society says. It doesn't matter what everybody else is doing. It doesn't matter how acceptable it is. If God says it is sin, if God said it is wrong, if God said it misses the mark, can I tell you, if you make a decision to give yourself to that, you're going to lead yourself into a path where God's blessing is not upon your life, and you need the blessing of God upon your life more than you need a temporary pleasure. There is pleasure in sin for a season, but its end leads to death. Think about if Joseph would have yielded himself to that temptation in that moment, in that time. He would have never gotten into his destiny. God has a great destiny and a calling on your life. Do not sell out. Do not give in. Do not give up. Do not yield yourself to accept something less than God's best for your life. Make a decision today that I'm going to do what pleases God. And there are many temptations that come our way. Just going to point out three of them. Temptation number one in verse seven, we find out because I'll just go back and I'll say this, that if you don't know the strategies of your enemy, then you will fall prey to his tactics. Amen? So it's important for us not to just be aware of the test, the purity test. We're aware, we're ready. But how do we live a godly life in the society that we're in? Joseph's life and his example in this passage today gives us some insight into the ways of temptation and also the war that we must wage against temptation to be successful in the purity test, to pass the purity test. The first thing that we find about temptation, the way of temptation, is temptation is opportunistic. Verse 7, it says, it came to pass after these things. Notice that temptation came after a time of success. Remember, the Lord was with Joseph and he was prosperous. The Lord was blessing everything that he did. He, he, was, he was successful. He had the favor of God on his life. Temptation often comes after a season of success. So you have to be on your guard. Remember Jesus after he was baptized by John in the Jordan River, and then the Bible says the Spirit led him into the wilderness where he was tempted by the enemy. 
When you come into new levels of success and promotion, just be aware that sin lays at your door. Its desire is to have mastery over you, but you must have mastery over it. You must say yes to God because temptation is opportunistic. It comes during a time of success. It also comes during a time of secrecy. In verse 11, everyone was out of the house. It was just Joseph and her. He could have gotten away with this and maybe nobody would have even known, but God knew and God was with him. And he was aware of the presence of God with him in that moment. Let that be something that motivates you. It's the awareness of God's presence in your life that will motivate and keep you from sinning against God. It's the awareness of the thereness of God. God is there. God was with Joseph. And even though it was just him and her, he knew that what he was going to do, what he would have done, would have been sin. So temptation is opportunistic, and we need to war, listen to this, War against temptation by watching out for temptation. War against it by watching out for it. Be aware. Be aware of the attacks that are coming at you daily. Be aware that the enemy wants to steal, kill, and destroy. He wants to get you off the path of faithfulness and righteousness and living for God. Be aware that the enemy is opportunistic and he brings temptation. Secondly, I want to bring to your attention that temptation is, listen to this, it's not only opportunistic, but it's also optical. (laughs) In other words, it's visual. His master's wife cast longing eyes on Joseph, but longing turns into lusting, and lusting turns into sin against God. See, if we'll just lie down, then we'll look and we'll begin, we'll look, we'll lie down, and then we'll begin to lust. This is the compromise uh, that Joseph was facing. If we we lie to ourselves, we say, I'm just going to look, and I'm not going to do anything. I'm just going to look. It's not sin to look. We convince ourselves of that lie, but every single salesperson that you will ever meet will tell you that if you look long enough, you will buy. All they got to do is get you on the parking lot. All they've got to do is put the ad in front of your face. All that they've got to do is to get you to look because if you look, you will buy. You will buy in if you look long enough. And so what did Joseph do? Joseph looked away. You see, Potiphar had her eyes on the bed. Joseph had his eyes on the door. Joseph got his eyes off the bed, off of her, and he got his eye on the door. He was looking for the way of escape. God will make a way of escape if you will look away. There was uh, a story I read recently about three men that they were stranded on an island in the middle of the ocean. And their rations had uh, been exhausted. They didn't have any more food or water. And one of the men woke up late at night, and he was so thirsty. He was so parched. He just needed some water. And as he woke up, he began to look at the ocean. He looked at the ocean. He said, we're surrounded by all this water. And he looked, and he kept looking. And he convinced himself 
to go and to go into the ocean and began to drink the ocean water. He looked long enough and he thought that what I can't see won't hurt me. But he ingested that salt water. And your kidneys, God did not create your body to survive on salt water. And your kidneys need fresh water in order to flush out the salt water. There was something dangerous in looking and longing and drinking that water. The next day, he was dead. And it illustrates a message to both you and I that we have to be aware that the longer that we look, the more likely it is that we will lust. The more likely it is that we will do what is actually going to harm us. See, the thing that he thought was best for him, the thing that looked good, the thing that felt good to drink, the thing that seemed like it was good for him was actually the worst thing that he could have done. And can I tell you, young person today, can I tell you, older person today, don't just look. Look beyond what you can see. Look beyond. Look into God's Word. God's Word gives us instruction so that we can find a way of escape. Don't just look. Look beyond. Look beyond. Look for a way of escape. Temptation is opportunistic, it's optical, it's visual, and temptation finally is ongoing. Let me read this to you. So it was, as she spoke to Joseph, day by day, she was persistent. Oftentimes it's persistency of temptation that defeats us. And we can never let our guard down or we can never let up. We, have, we can't conclude that just because we have victory in this moment, that we're going to have victory the next moment. The Bible says that when the, Satan came and tempted Jesus, he left him for a more opportune time. He, he was going to come back. And so the enemy persistently attacks us and tempts us. And his attack is deceitful. It's persistent. His ongoing attack is deceitful. He didn't heed to her, Joseph, the Bible says about Joseph, he didn't heed to her, to lie with her, or to be with her. Oftentimes we try to compromise. Well, if I just go around, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna help him out. I'm just gonna, you know, I'm gonna be a witness for Jesus. I'm just gonna do this. It's not gonna harm me. I'll go to the party, or I'll go and be in that environment. I'll go to that place. I'll just be good friends with this person. Uh, you know, I like him, but I don't like him in that way. Next thing you know, your compromise is leading you down a path that is a deceptive path that is going to cause you to stray from God. And finally, this ongoing attack was aggressive. She caught him by the garment. She caught him by his coat and she said, lie to me, uh, lie with me. Evil is not content just to simply give passive solicit solicitations. Evil is persistent. It's aggressive. It's deceitful. And so we have to war against temptation by moving on from temptation. Moving on from it. Stand up on your feet in this place today. And I know that maybe you hear a message like this. You hear the strategies. You see what Joseph did. But you say to yourself, I've failed God. I've broken promises. 
I've tried to fix it. Now here's the problem. Here's the problem. Have you tried to fix it in your own strength? Have you tried to fix it and resolve it and do it in your own power and your own ability? Here was the key from Joseph's life. Verse 2, the Lord was with Joseph. And purity, the purity test, the position test, the prosperity test, purity is impossible apart from the person and power of the Holy Spirit. God has not left us alone, but we have the person of the Holy Spirit who empowers us to say no to sin. The book of Romans chapter 8 talks about the life in the Spirit. It says this, verse 1, Now there is no condemnation for those who belong to Jesus Christ. And because you belong to him, the power of the life-giving Spirit has freed you from the power of sin that leads to death. You see, there was a power that led you to death, that led you into sin, that led you into unrighteousness, a power that came upon you, that told you that you could not overcome temptation, that told you you could not live for God. And that is true. There was a power at work in your life. But when you gave your life to Jesus Christ, there was a power through the person of the Holy Spirit that comes and lives on the inside of you, that makes you more like him, that gives you power to say no. And what do we find out? In the story, the Bible says that Joseph resisted her. He resisted to temptation, and he fled and ran outside. Sometimes the most spiritual thing that you can do is not just rebuke the devil. It's not just preach. It's not just pray. Sometimes it's run. Sometimes it's get out of that position. Get out of that environment. Get out of that situation. Flee while you still have the chance. And this morning, maybe there are some that are in this place today with every head bow, everybody close your eyes in this place today. This is a sacred and solemn moment between you and God and you have been given a great dream. There's a great destiny upon your life. The Bible says that I know the plans that I have for you, says the Lord. Plans for good and not evil plans to prosper you, to give you a hope and a future. God has a great destiny for your life, but you're in this determining season. You're in this place of making decisions whether you're going to please God today and in this moment. And I know that there are many in this place or watching online and that you've been struggling, you've got some things in your life you've been giving yourself to and you think that people don't see, people don't know, it's done in secrecy, but you know today that God knows. You know today that there's something greater that God has in store for your life. You know that you're not where you need to be with the Lord and this morning, you're not passing the purity test. Maybe you're in this place today and you've yielded yourself and you've given in to temptation. You see, the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy. 
He's come as a liar and the father of lies. The truth is not in him. But Jesus said, you will know the truth and the truth will make you free. And Jesus today wants you to be free. Jesus today wants you to have power in your life as you confess and as you yield yourself and as you ask him to come into your life to forgive you, to give you a new beginning, to give you a power that you don't have in your own strength and your own ability, your own understanding, your own intelligence. Right now, today is your day to receive forgiveness from God, to receive a new beginning, to ask God and to allow God to make all things new, to ask him to forgive you of your guilt and your shame and your failure. See, because God doesn't give us these tests to fail us. He's given these tests to us to reveal to us the deficiencies, the character issues that are currently in place and existing in our life. He loves us today right where we are, but he loves us too much to leave us where we are. Today, he's calling you. He's calling you to make a decision. Make a decision today that you're not going to allow yourself to stay stuck, to be defeated, to be stagnant, to get, keep going through the motions. But you're making a decision today to receive power from God, power from the Holy Spirit, strength from on high, that you might take the next step in your toward your destination, your st next step in your journey and following Jesus by pleasing God today. The greatest thing that you could do if you find yourself in that situation to please God today is to confess your sins, to give them to the Lord and say, God, I can't do it. I can't do it in my own ability. I can't do it in my own power. I need your help. I'm asking for you to forgive me of all my sins. Come into my heart. Remove the guilt and the stain and the, the shame and the, the fear and the doubt and the judgment. Remove it from me today and give me a new beginning. Maybe that's you in this place and God has been speaking to you throughout this message. And you know what you need to do in this moment right now. I want to pray for you. And I want you to have this moment with God, this private moment with God on your own, by yourself. And when we're, what we're going to do right now is we're going to pray together. We're going to put our right hand over our heart and we're going to raise our left hand in the air and we're what we're doing is we're making a commitment to God by saying we pledge allegiance to you and to you alone Jesus and as we do that I want you to repeat this prayer after me if you need Jesus to forgive you if you need a new beginning if you need power today to pass the purity test power today to pass the, the position test power today to welcome the presence of God in your life without measure and all the fullness that he wants to bring into your life today. I want you to repeat this prayer after me. Lord Jesus, I acknowledge that I'm a sinner. I've turned from you and I've lived my own way. Today I ask you to forgive me of all my sins, 
to forgive me of my selfishness. Cause me to go in your direction. I ask for you to enter into my life right now. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. Give me power to say yes to Jesus and say no to sin. Thank you, Lord, that you have a great destiny over my life. I believe it. I receive it. I'm living in it today, tomorrow, next week, and all the days of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Give the Lord a hand clap of praise today if you've received from his word today. If he set you free today, somebody give him a hand clap of praise. You're just one step, one decision. Many of you experience the freedom that's found in Jesus, the freedom that he can only give today. I want to encourage you to rejoice in the Lord today. This is the day that the Lord has made. Rejoice and be glad in it. As you leave this place today, you go in the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit. God's blessing is upon you today. Go change the world. Be a blessing for him today. We love you. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. Our vision is that you would experience Victory Church as a place to call home. We do this by encountering God through worship, embracing community through relationship, and expanding the kingdom of God through service. Find out more about Victory at victorywinchester.com.